Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Spotlight Hollywood Edition. This is episode number 41. My name is Kente. I'm one of your hosts all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And of course, as always, we love participation. And a way you can participate is dialing in with area code area area code three four seven eight five seven three three eight five. Once again, that's area code three four seven eight five seven three three eight five. Remember, you have to press one to be entered into the host queue. That's the only way that we'll know that you've called. And also, uh, you can come to our website, IndyRadio.org. That's IndyRadio.org. You can come in and chit-chat, come into our chat room. Make sure you sign in. I see there's people all over the website, but they're not in the chat room. So come in. You can sign in as a guest or with, any, uh, with your social media. So come in and have, uh, have some fun with us. And all right. Also joining me tonight, my lovely co-host, you know her. She's on every week with me. It is the wonderful Tara Lynn. How are you doing, Tara Lynn? Hi, I'm great. Nice to talk to you. Yes, it's fun as always talking to you. And I'm excited to uh, chit chat with you about, you know, these different things on the show tonight. Mm -hmm. And joining us also is uh Miosha Bean. It's been a while since we had you on. How are you doing, Miosha? I am wonderful. Glad Girl, to be here. Girl, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be back. I'm really glad. Yeah, you've been a, a busy young lady. You've been working your butt off, doing doing big things. Yeah. Uh, give us a little uh, overview of some of the things you can talk about that you've been doing. Oh, gosh, I've been a little busy bee. Uh, I've actually got the pleasure and, and you know, honor to work with the Billy, wonderful Billy Idol. Um, I did some things with uh, Chris Brown. That was a really pretty awesome, you know, run. And then also um, the release of Prey, you know, got to release that. And then working on this new movie that I'm actually releasing for next year, Camera Phone 2. I mean, I'm just so excited. It's a great year. <laughs> yes, and, I, you know, and as... As it get closer to uh, the premiere of Camera Phone Two, we're gonna we're gonna chop it up about Camera Phone Two, and hopefully we we'll get some people that were involved with this this uh, film that you've been a part of. And yes, yeah, yes. So we got to do a Camera Phone Two a special episode uh, in 2015 for sure. Definitely, that sounds good. All right, so you know, as we love to do always. We love to talk about what we've been watching. So I'm going to start off with you, Tara Lynn. What you've been watching? All right. You know, this week um, I kind of went the vampire uh, side of things. I saw Vampire Diaries in the originals. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, gosh, in my Vampire Diaries, one of my vampires somehow mysteriously turned back into a human. Like, Uh who knew you could do that? So, you know. Stay tuned. We'll see what happens with that situation, that storyline. I didn't know that was in the rule book. You can actually go back <laughs> the other know. way. Wow. <laughs> and then, um, I don't know if y'all watched Two and a Half Men, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, did you? So, you know, Alan and, and you know, they got married. The, yeah. Alan and so, who? I'm like, Alan all right. and who got married? Well, the two... Ashton Kutcher and and um Mila Kunis? Yeah. No, 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 no. Or the other On girl. the show, the two guys, the two main actors. Why? They got married. That's right. That's right. That's right. They got but, married like as a joke or something? No. They hooked they, up? They want he wants to, Ashton Kutcher's character wants to adopt a child. Uh-huh. And so since he doesn't have a woman in his life, he asked Alan to marry him, same sex marriage so he could adopt a child. Oh, uh, but they're not like hooked up with each other though. No, no, no. Oh, okay. All right. That, that show took a turn. <laughs> but it is kind of strange. Like, you know, uh, you know, what's that saying about our culture? Hey, you you know, you got to act like you're same-sex marriage to get a kid. That's not good. I uh, know. That's kind of strange, yeah. So, uh, oh, Yeah, so okay. that one took a little funky turn for me. I'm not sure where what I feel about that. Just because mm-hmm. all my family's adopted and I'm all about adoption. And I really don't like that feel that. Mm-hmm. They, the way I mean, single guys can adopt kids, so mm-hmm. it but kind it's, of it's it, it, I'm not sure I like for, it. <laughs> uh, it is difficult for a single man to adopt a kid. Uh, I would think so, uh, but I know they can though. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that, that's different. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what about you, Miyasha? What you've been watching? Oh. 
Nyosha. Uh, hello? Yeah, what, hey, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Well... Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, you're cutting in and out, Miosha. Okay. <laughs> We're uh, working on getting her together. <laughs> you know what I'm doing this weekend, though? What's that? I am going to a virtual world conference. Oh, really? How, how's that work? It's literally going to be in a virtual world on OpenSim. Uh-huh. And it's a bunch of developers, creators, edu- um, educational people, business owners that are using virtual space to either do something for their business, educate students at their uh, university. Um, and then like the creator of OpenSim and the new Oculus Rift, which I can't wait, which is kind of like the Matrix glasses, um, are all speaking this weekend. So I am really looking forward to it. I hear about the Oculus Rift. Yeah, that that actually sounds cool. And I, I hear it's inexpensive, right? It's not as expensive. A couple as hundred know. bucks. Yeah, that's not actually that bad. Uh. Okay. And from what I, you know, what what you see on like the videos of it, it it really does look pretty cool. So I I uh, told my husband I want one of those for Christmas. So <laughs> let's hope let's hope Santa's good to me. <laughs> yeah, let's hope, right? <laughs> You never know, right? Well, okay, while we're working on getting uh, Miosha squared away, uh, she's having a little technical difficulties. I'll I'll tell everybody what I've been watching. And uh, I've been watching, there's a show that I believe it premiered in maybe July, I'm not quite sure, on BBC America. It's called Intruders. And I actually watched the whole first season. And man, it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. It, it actually stars, um, it stars James Frain is in it. Uh, you may know him from, you know, his uh, countless, uh, you know, he was in the Tudors and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Tori Kittles, who was on, uh, recently he was on True Detective. Uh, it also had uh, Mira Servino and the, the main star is uh, John Sim. And it is really good. It's like one of those shows where you want to talk about it and let people know what, uh, you know, you want to tell them about it, but then you don't want to tell too much because you want them to be surprised. It, it, it first aired August, I'm sorry, August 23rd when it aired. Uh, but it's, it, So it's new this year. Yeah. And it, it basically has a lot to do with secret societies and um, it deals with... Uh, um, potential uh, living forever, you know, and uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's like I don't want to say too much. Are they vampires? No vampires, oh, thank okay. God. <laughs> no, hey! no, they're not <laughs> vampires, but it is. It is a really good show, and uh, the guy that cre- uh, create it's based on a book, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Intruders. I always say the Intruders, but it's called Intruders. Uh, it's based on a book by this guy, this author named Michael Marshall Smith. Uh, the book was called the Intru- the intruders and um so and the the creator of the series the tv series is uh glenn morgan and if those who like the x-files he was one of their best writers he was one of their best writers and also uh glenn morgan is famous for uh being a co-creator of the final destination series too uh they did the first and the third one so uh, if you guys, you know, want a good mystery, suspense, thriller, you know. It's got it all, it sounds society. like. society. <laughs> yes, uh, Intruders is good. So check that out, Intruders. All right, so uh, Miosha, what have you been watching? Um, I've been watching uh, Resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's a great show. Oh, my God. I didn't think I was going to, like, um, get hooked on it like I did. Um. The, I just love the storyline. Love that. Uh, I love Omar Epps. I mean, everybody compliments each other in the entire uh, show. Um, I just love the fact that it, these people are. Well, I don't want to give it away for those who haven't watched it, mm-hmm. but I guess you can tell them. Yeah, I, right. I, I think it's out season one, season two, and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I think um, you know people are just just you know dying and they're coming back to life. Like, could you imagine your loved one? Come back Showing up on your doorstep. I know. Like, what were you Honey, doing? I'm home for dinner. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is crazy, but I love it. It's so so beautifully written and, and told. So I, I, it's every episode just gets you. Yeah, and this season, too, 
the people, some of the people who have been, so to speak, dealing with people that have come back, right. didn't realize that they came back too. Mm-hmm. I like that little spin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how. I'm not gonna. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but I don't know how I feel about that certain person. You know, oh, finding yeah. that out just because I don't know. I it changes it really changes the dynamic i guess it depends on how they deal with it going forward but i was like when they did it you know i was like uh, i'm not i wasn't surprised per se but i don't know you know like we'll, we'll i guess we got to see how how it actually well, it works plays out, out how it plays out but yeah. i don't know <laughs> i don't know so but i'm uh, excited yeah well, you know, but hey, like I said, it's a, you know, as you said, it's a terrific show and I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and we actually, we had uh, Kevin Sizemore from uh, the series on and he, he was really good and we uh, enjoyed him. So we hope to, to get a couple of other people from that series as well. So definitely. All right. So now that we, we uh, talked about what uh, we've been watching, let's talk about uh, um, the weekend box office and Number 10 is the uh, movie Dracula Untold. Number 9 is The Judge. Number 8 is Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. (laughs) That's a mouthful. Uh, Number 7 is St. Vincent. Number 6 is John Wick. Uh, Number 5 is The Book of Life, 2014. 4, Gone Girl, really good movie. Uh, 3, Fury. Number two, Nightcrawler. And number one is Ouija. So uh, those that's your top ten. And I know you saw Nightcrawler, uh, Tara Lynn. What would you think of that? Oh, no, I haven't seen it yet. I think I'm Miosha sorry, saw uh, Miosha. that one. I'm sorry, Miosha. I'm sorry, Miosha. Yes, uh, it was a great, phenomenal movie. Um, just let's just put, I'm just going to say, Jake Gyllenhaal puts on a phenomenal performance in this um, film. He really creeps you out. Like my skin was crawling. Like that's how intrigued I was. So I was glued to the to the screen. I couldn't look away. It's that good, intense. It's it's great. Although there are some people who kind of think a little bit differently as, as far as the ending, but I I thought it was good. So it's about fishing and, and using night crawlers. <laughs> oh no. Even I oh know my that. gosh! No. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> No, it's it's like a, he's a, you know a, a really um, un- 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 yeah he's a guy that had to, ha- doesn't have really a job and he's trying to figure out a, a career where he can make money and get a, a, a you know a long lasting job and he figures how to um, do it very clever but he's very, he's also a very clever character so oh, yeah. yeah what he, a great actor definitely yes he's very manipulative in this film. He gets into your head, so it's awesome. I love that part about him, the character. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. So, uh, Nightcrawlers, you suggest we go out and run out and see it. Yes, huh? run out and see it. Okay, I got to see that. <laughs> All right, coming out this week, uh, really one only one major release uh, that I can tell from looking at this list, and that is the film Interstellar. Uh, Interstellar... Uh, when I first saw clips of it, I was like, I don't know if I want to see this. But then I saw that it was a Christopher Nolan film mm-hmm. and him and his brother wrote it. So now I'm interested. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it stars Matthew McConaughey, Anne Hathaway, Jessica Chastain, Ellen Burstyn, John Lithgow, Michael Caine, Casey Affleck. I mean, it's a big, big, big cast. I'm, there's more, even more in there. You had me at Matthew McConaughey. I'm just <laughs> it, it says, plot summary, Interstellar chronicles the adventures of a group of explorers who make uh, use of a newly discovered wormhole to surpass the limitations on human space travel and, and conquer the vast distances involved in interstellar voyage. So uh, that sounds uh, like it might be pretty good. So we'll, we have to check it out. If anybody gets a chance to see it, Please uh, go to our our uh, Spotlight Hollywood Edition uh, Facebook page and let us know. Uh, uh, let us know what you guys think, and uh, you know, maybe we'll read them on next week's episode. So um, that's what's coming out this week, and you know, tell us what you what you think. 
All right. So now that we got that stuff stuff out the way, let's go to our guest. Uh, he's an actor, and his name is Gary Karens. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Doing really good. Uh, um, we're so uh, happy to have you here. And uh, we're going to talk a, a lot yeah. about what you've been doing. But, you know, we always love to start off with the beginning. So where are you from originally? Uh, well, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I moved around from <laughs> Texas, like Austin area when I was little, um, near outskirts of Denver from like, I don't know, five, six, and seven. And then right before I turned eight, I moved to Northern California. Uh, which city called Manteca, and then Modesto, and then when I was 10 years old, we moved to Huntington Beach, California, and I've pretty much been in this area, you know, since then, so. Okay, so you, started. but you, you would say you were, uh, um, Ohio, what is it, Ohioan <laughs> to the core? Uh, is that what you guys call um, yourselves? Uh, you know, my roots. My family, I always represent, you know, I represent the Browns won last night, I felt good, so I guess, uh, you know, I'm feeling I still carry that, you know, the Browns, the, the Cleveland sports team, the love for them. So. Who did the Browns beat last night? The Bengals. They beat the Bengals. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. I think oh, they're first boy. in their division for the first time since Jim Brown was playing. Who knows, you know? Yeah. So uh, now, let me ask you a question, I'll though. What do you feel about, uh, we're going to get a little sportsy here. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about Johnny Manziel as being a future quarterback? Or are you uh, happy with Hoyer? Well, well, right now, Hoyer's getting the job done, so, <laughs> you know, Manziel, uh, you can't you can't get mad. I mean, I do have a Manziel jersey just because, uh, you know, my, my mom got it for me when she was out there and just to represent, you know, Cleveland. Uh, but I ain't mad at Hoyer, and if he keeps playing you know, well and getting a, getting a W, then Manziel can just be his celebrity and, you know, and do his, uh, his off-field off antics to stay in the press, you know, uh, you know whatever he's got to do. Um but I, I'm digging Hoyer right now. Do you think that, uh, and uh, this will be the last uh, Cleveland Browns question, but, you know, I, I'll take this as an opportunity to talk a little sports. Do you think maybe that the emergence of Johnny Manziel is pushing Hoyer to, uh, to you know, step his game up? Absolutely. I think any great player, any player should let any other player inspire them. If you got hype like Johnny Manziel, you know, Mr. whatever his name, Mr. Football, whatever his nickname is, coming off some Heisman Trophy winning, you know, I would uh, I would let that inspire me. I know that's what I do with actors. I know when I'm doing a film and I'm working with, you know, a great director, a great talent around me, that's just only going to make me want to elevate and be that much more focused. So I definitely think Manziel inspired Hoyer and, Vice versa, you know. So, and Hoyer, Hoyer rose to the occasion. So, Very kudos fun. to him. So, um, taking it step back and out of the sports zone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, when in your life did you get uh, excited about acting? I was eight years old. Um, I almost remember the day. Oh yeah. Uh, it was just. It's, it's like when you first shed skin, like, you know, like a snake would shed skin. You kind of just discover. It's like just discovering something new. And I don't know, I was sitting in a tree. And I was like thinking, I was like, I was watching. I remember this program just hit me on TV. I was like, wow, this really inspired me. And then I went to my cousin's play, who was in, she was in high school then, and she was just great. And I was just so intrigued by this little stage and how they're performing. And I was just fascinated by it. Um, and a couple, I went to a couple of them and that kind of just inspired me. And then my sister was taking these little classes and, you know, I was nervous and I did them anyway. And once you get over that, you just kind of keep growing. So, but that's where it started. So what was your first play? Um, my first play I did, oh, actually I've only done a few, but I did one called, uh, what was it called? I don't know if it was in front of like a huge auditorium. There was like a big country concert afterwards, but it was a campfire or something. It was an ensemble, but um, I remember being really nervous. And then afterwards, you know, everyone tries to ask for autographs. It's be nice. And I'm like, I don't even know how to sign my name. So I would say no. <laughs> yeah, I was so embarrassed. Um, but yeah, that was, I was like eight or nine years old at that time. Um, 
and that the fear it was exciting at the same time and I kind of just let that build into you know years later eventually attacking get moving down here I was up north then I moved down to Huntington Beach and finally joined this uh, little actors this little local actors studio and nice. started prepping for showcases and that led to a bunch of commercials and and then just, you know one thing after another nice very nice did, did you there's was there any particular like school did you attend active school the name of it or did you where you studied um well i would study at this it was it's no longer there unfortunately I, it was mm. there for so long but it was just a literally it's called the actor's studio not the new york one or anything oh. like that but um and i would study a little like casting director workshops in hollywood which i recommend those because you're getting fresh material from cast directors that are casting today's material um, and, and what they're looking for. So that was a big growth for me. Even an audition, you know, from a cast director is, is great, but just doing those workshops and then working with private coaches all the time, grabbing material and just randomly learning monologues and, you know, I'm like, a, that's pretty much all I would do. Even if I was by myself, I'd mentally be creating a character and then trying to understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, and then now I put it on screen, so it's like, oh no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, just very low key type studying. Very nice. Was uh was your family very supportive in your endeavors of becoming an actor and such? Extremely. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if I didn't have that, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at now. I mean, my parents always supported me. If I wanted to do baseball, it's either baseball or film, pretty much, and I kind of got. I don't know what it was, um, but no matter what, yeah, my whole family, my sister, my mom, my dad, you know, they've been extremely supportive. Hmm. Well, that's good, because, you know, not every per person that gets into the business, uh, you know, can say that, you know, so that's really great that you had a family that supported you, so, uh, you know, and, and I know, as you said, that it, it carries you on, so that's great, because you know it the does. people back in... You know, back home, they're they're supporting you. Yeah, it goes a long, long way. Um, so it's, and I, I know some talented actors that the parents have do not support them at all. They almost hinder them from continuing on, and they're just and they're doing good work, working with good people, and the parents just always bash it. And I'm like, wow, that's yeah, amazing to me. Like I'm a father, and I have a son, and I have a daughter too, and it's just like when my my son's nine years old, and if he told me, "Daddy, I, I want to do this," I'd be like, Are "You really passionate about it? Okay, like he's really passionate about basketball right now, and you can tell his games excel from a month ago to now. If you love something, you're going to grow at it. And as a parent, mm -hmm. I think if you can't support your kids on something that they truly are passionate about, then I mean, and let and then what? Basically, these parents want them to follow what the curriculum of the school or the government tell them go get this job and be you know it's like being an employee here I'm like they're going to be unhappy mm -hmm. um, I, and you only live once I say you go all out to do, what, do what you love and to me that's successful um, you know it's not about how much money you make it's about right. doing what you love so so yeah, doing what you love um, your commercial career do you remember your first commercial Pepsi. Woo! Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I um, I was with the uh, Tenny Fairchild director, uh, Glenn Rudolph, producer M80 Films. They they hired me for a bunch afterwards, and I think I actually got cut out of it. Um, to be for what I remember, but I had speaking lines. It was just I don't know, but I remember being in Compton at some carnival filming this Pepsi commercial, and I was like, wow, okay, here we go. And it was kind of like my first paid acting gig. Compton, California? Um, what's that? Were you in Compton, California? Yeah, yeah. Compton, oh, California. oh, all real, right. It was a real carnival. And um, this was like, gosh, I don't know, year two, this 2001. Um, so, and then, you know, Tenny and Glenn have... They, I think I've done like 13 different spots for them. And then, then they also put me in my first feature I was part of, which was a good humor man. Just a little role, but, uh, you know, they, uh, I don't know, just great guys, stayed loyal, and, and really gave me the confidence to continue on in the industry. And they're like, they're not blood-related family, but 
if it wasn't for those two guys, I may not be where I'm at today because they kind of gave me a life in the in the industry, and um, I'll always be thankful for them. Nice. And what for someone who's not familiar with it, what's the different? Like, how does it feel different between going out for a commercial versus going out for a show? Uh, well, I mean, a lot of times, you, I mean, for a show, you have probably a lot more dialogue, and sometimes commercials just commercials are sometimes just a, a simple look. You can go in there and have be so witty and funny and and be awesome, and and they just not hate you, but it's like, nope, you're just wrong for it. It's almost, it's a certain look and vibe. Um, TV is, I mean, I don't want to say it takes more talent to do. I, I don't know. It, I just think there's more prep work, for sure. Because you're mm-hmm. still performing, and there are some really cool commercials nowadays where you actually are performing, and really great directors doing commercials. I think it's becoming, there's there's similarities, but I, just TV, I mean, I just feel like the stakes are higher. I feel like, you know, it's just, you actually get to be a character that you can do a little bit more with than a commercial per se. Um, I'm not trying to downgrade commercials at all. I mean, that's big money in commercials. So those guys mm-hmm. that are booking them, they're rolling. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but your TV, I just say a little bit, you get to, a lot more to work with, I'd say. Definitely. Um, so what kind of roles do you like to take or the process of choosing your roles? Uh, I seem to... Um, what's the word? Um, dive into more. Um, I don't know. I guess you could say the dark, the dark roles, dark sinister roles. Or, I mean, I like to do them all. I, the ones that people kind of keep giving me are like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like the the bad guy, but the good guy, the good guy that hangs out with the bad, the bad crew. I guess mm-hmm. you could say, uh, like like the likable bad guy, <laughs> uh, but. It's 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 tricky, but one role I really loved playing, and I grew tremendously from just understanding a role and really, mm-hmm. I mean, just go there. And it was a movie I did, I did called Lost in the Crowd. Um, with Mika Cohen was a director, and it's a little indie drama, and it's um, just the prep work and how the, the people he put around me, with Timothy Ryan Cole, Luke Albright, David Murphy, and Marta Cross. I mean, the people you may not know about, but talented mm-hmm. actors that were so focused that makes you grow as an actor and that role I played was his name was Luther and um, that that's just a role that I don't know just still I don't know if it haunts me I don't know if that's the right word because haunting would be a bad thing I think I think it still inspires me is a better word it makes me want to raise the bar because there's been reviews on that movie where they really like me in that movie and um, I just I could still feel certain elements of that character Nice. So if I can play roles like that, where I can make the audience really engaged, like you guys earlier were talking about Jake Gyllenhaal with the Nightcrawler. I mean, those yeah. are those are roles that I would that I would just like my mouth would water just to with excitement to you know dive into um, right. that that type of stuff. Wow, nice. Now, Very nice. now, a question I love to ask actors is uh, when you play these real dark or you know, real tortured type characters, do they ever come home with you at all? Um, yeah. To a certain extent, absolutely. Um, with, like, Luther, the role, I mean, we did prepping for about nine months because we were developing the story, and man, I lived and breathed that role. I mean, when my family went to sleep, I would pull out T-shirts with the other characters' names and there would be in these scenes, and I would just sit there and improv all night till sometimes two, three in the morning drinking pounds of coffee because I don't, my character was like a cocaine, small time cocaine dealer and user. I've never done cocaine in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to think of some type of stimulant that was legal and pretty healthy or semi-healthy, I guess you could say. So I would just pound coffee and it, I made me addicted to coffee to this day. Like I created coffee because of that role. I never really drank it before, not much, but now, mm. it, you know, and I put, I dehydrated myself, um, so I guess you'd have to ask more of the people around me that <laughs> have to deal with it. Because I, 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 like, I'll walk around in the days and they'll be like thinking I'm in my mind somewhere else because it is. I'm like, I'm thinking about the role. I'll be in the grocery <laughs> store and I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's just that's how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, constantly creating. 
Do, do you like uh, physical acting? Like when, whenever you have to maybe do a fight scene or run in and that kind of stuff. Are you are you game for that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, whatever the role requires, I'm down for. Um, I it's figure good. don't yeah don't don't accept the role if you can't do what's, what what is required. Obviously, within filming filming and safety regulations and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll fall to the floor. I've, I've broken a nose in a scene before because I plowed into this guy's chest because we were going at it. And, um, so be it. I let the cameras roll. I mean, it, it's, it's what we do. You know, it's, it's some people play football and you can't go out there and, well, I don't want to get tackled today. You know what I mean? No, you go out there and you play hard and same with actors. We go, we get down and dirty. You know, the, the good ones, that is. There's a lot of sissies out there, but, you know, I'm not one of them. <laughs> I like that. Is <laughs> it not me? Now, now I... Yeah, not, not, not when it comes to roles. <laughs> now, one of my favorite shows on television, and unfortunately it's gone um, off this year, or I guess the beginning of next year, is Justified. And uh, I'm oh, yeah. a huge fan of the show. Uh, and uh, I see that... Uh, you were in a. I remember this episode being very good. The episode, the hammer, and I believe was that like the first season. I believe, uh, or the second. It was either the first yeah, or second season. season. Yeah, it was, it was season one. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, how was that experience working on that set and with those actors and such? It was awesome. I mean, I only worked with Timothy. You know, with this name, Timothy Elephant. Um, just me and him. I was the guy. that worked in the bomb shop, and I had the beanie on, and he was breaking bombs, trying to get information about. The, the guy Dougie Fresh, I forgot his character name. Dougie um, Doug. Movie, um, or the show. Uh-huh. But it was uh, that was awesome. I mean, I didn't even know about the show. I had booked, I booked it, and I was like, "What is Justified?" And you know, because I was filming, and I remember asking Timothy when we were in the van, I go, "When is it supposed to air?" And he goes, "Ah, you know, I think February or March." You know, because nothing aired at this point. Um, so I started getting into it. I was like, "All right, cool." I'm, I was glad to be, you know a little part of such a great show, great writing, um, talented people. And, uh, I like to do more stuff like that as well. Like stuff like justified breaking bad, you know, criminal minds, which I just did this year too. Um, that's, that's in my wheelhouse. I, I love those people. So yeah, the dialogue is so great on that show specifically. So, uh, I love shows with great dialogue and of course, great acting as well. So, I, you know, one thing I'd love to ask, uh, actors who, go on different shows and, you know, shows that are already established and, you know, play, play a part. Um, is it ever intimidating walking on a set or, I mean, what is your process? Like, you know, cause they've already have their thing established, you know, everybody's in like a groove. So how do you fit in for like a, a guest part? Like what is your mindset going into it? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good question. I have had someone else ask me that, like just some random person I was out, but, um, Tell you the truth, I wasn't that intimidated. It was I was just excited uh, with Criminal Minds. I mean, because I was on its ninth season, and I never even watched an episode, to be honest. Um, I still haven't really even seen mine, um, but I knew of it. I knew it was a big show, and I knew who these guys were. I knew who Shamar Moore was. I knew who Matthew Gray Googler was. And um, but I just you go there. It's a job. You, you go. Mm-hmm. You're focused. I knew what I had to do. You know, you, I mean, and they're so busy. There's just tons of people on set, you know, writers, producers, crew. Um, you just do your job and that's it. I mean, I didn't really chit chat much with any of them. Um, I kind of did my job. I was there for a week and I, I barely talked to, uh, anyway, I was just in my own little world. I just felt like that's where my character needed to be. And, um, I'll be chit chatty more if I feel like character needs to be, um, but my character was trying to avoid these guys, so I don't think I'd be sitting here and chit-chatting with them in between takes and stuff. Um, <laughs> like, right. It was brief. I mean, me and Matthew talked for, like, maybe uh, 10 minutes, maybe not even that. He was just, you know, after I had my coverage, he came out. I was like, man, really good stuff. I didn't want to. He's like, you seemed reserved. I didn't want to bug you. I was like, no, it's all good now. And um, Very, very polite, though. That whole criminal minds, I can see why they're on their 10th season because – you see how a gr- group of people work together from the day of the table read, which they still do, which is amazing that they do it for every episode um, with every character in each episode. And just, I mean, they worked, I was, I was really impressed by that whole group of writers and pr- producers on that set. So, nice. Very nice. Minds. 
great group of people. Definitely. So what have you learned from the directors on those shows like Criminal Minds and Justified and all that? Uh, John Dahl did Justified. He's done so much TV from tons of Dexter. Um, I barely, I mean, a little bit talking to John Dahl. He, he liked what I did my audition. He'll do exactly what you did in your audition. I'll say, okay, so these guys actually do watch the audition. Um, a lot of a lot of what I've learned from directors is what's so important is casting, and they mm-hmm. have an idea of who they want or, or what they're looking for when they see it. Mm-hmm. They don't have to work with much is what I'm getting, at, especially from TV, and um, which is important because they have they're putting together a story and, and how it fits in. Uh, right. But just little, you do little subtleties. You'll do things just for editing perks, you know, um, how they work and they're focused, and you know. You know when there's a good director on set because you know who he is. Right. You don't have to question. I've been on certain sets. I'm like, who's the director? Who's the DP? <laughs> um, but you, you know I mean? Which is not many, but they're, like, I knew who John Dahl was anyway, but he was great. Uh, Rob Bailey for Criminal Minds. Mm-hmm. I loved him because he shot this show like a film. He got a lot of coverage. It wasn't like, let's do the master medium and, and move on. It was like, let's get over here, let's get over there. And very focused, very fast-paced, but didn't miss a beat with coverage. Um, nice. and I, like, that goes along with the producers as well. But Robert Bailey was just a gem uh, to work with, sweet guy. So hopefully me and him run into each other again someday on some set. So, yeah, they're going to grow nice. each time. Yeah. Very nice. Gary, um, you're, you recently worked on a show that I think is in post-production, Monumental. Is that right? Uh, it's a movie, yeah. Yeah, a movie. And um, yeah. <laughs> um, what was it like? I mean, it, it's, tell us a little bit about this. Can you tell us a little bit about the storyline that it's based on? Yeah, it's um, what two guys, you know, take a journey across the United States and back to, uh, you know, spread my, my character's mother's ashes to places she can never go and just, he takes his journey because he's just heartbreaking. He doesn't know how to deal with it because he feels resentment of really pretty much just not appreciating his mother. Even though he might have, but he's just really taking this to a... That's how he's dealing with the loss. He just takes off, leaves his wife and his, his son at home, um, takes his, you know, chaotic, loose cannon friend with him, probably the last person you want to take, but then also <laughs> the guy you, you want to go to war with as well, um, who's played by Luke Albright, who helped me. You know, we co-wrote it, we co-starred, and then we and we produced this thing um so um it was uh i mean that's what we do and we run into interesting characters along the way like each stop there's somebody interesting that we learn from that we you know you, you kind of makes you think um and then we go to these you know four four or five major monuments and um you know it's just it's kind of just our our way of uh appreciate you know because she she always was our the mother was always appreciated or fascinated by these monuments, but she can never go because she's too busy taking care of me and Twain, you know, my so-called best friend slash brother. Um, so it, it felt resentment. So that was my way of honoring her, my character's way. And it's just, it's a drama. It gets, uh, you know, some people watch it, the, some of the early cuts and the director, Scott has said, he's had some girls tear jerking. I'm like, well, you know, it's good at certain times, but it's funny too. I mean, Clean, Luke played by Luke Albright. I mean, he's, he's hilarious in so many scenes. Um, but it's definitely a, a drama that I think some people can relate to. Um, and I wanted to play instead of like the bad guy. Everyone was reading it going, oh, you can be a great Queen. I was like, no, no, I'm playing Steve. And I wanted to play a guy that He's he's a normal guy who struggles with expressing himself. That he's very subtle and um, he is, doesn't know how to just let loose in life. And this experience kind of helps him do that. Well, he'll be able to appreciate his wife and his son more. Um, and it's, it's kind of what I was doing in my life at the person in my that particular time in my life as well. A lot of growth. So there's a lot of personal sentiment in Monumental. Um, you know, I'm kind of both characters <laughs> in, in my mind. Uh, but I'm trying to choose the Steve route type of thing. <laughs> so it's a debacle. <laughs> like the angel and the devil on, on his shoulder, you know? Mm-mm. Sounds like a great movie. I can't wait. Did, did you uh, learn anything about yourself while doing it? Absolutely. 
I mean, just from almost the first day of filming, just, you know, knowing you're doing something that so many people told me I couldn't do, especially for the budget I was shooting it at. And they're like, no, you need at least this much. You can't even touch it. It's impossible. And I was like, watch me. And I did it. You know, we did it. Not just me. It was me, Luke, Stuart Page, Scott Hansen. I mean, they, we just put this together. And um, I don't know. It was, it's, a good, it's just one of these feats that impossible because most independent films they try to nowadays are like trying to stick to one or two locations my one loca- my one or two locations was the United the United States of America wow. so it was like well yeah so we I mean we did it we started we shot two weeks in LA at a lot of in, in, at houses and sound, sound stages that we got we rented and um, and then we started like a call coming in distracting me um, but then we um, we took two weeks left Orange County and scaled the United States and back, you know, um, not straight across either. It was like zigzagging. So it was, it was a crazy journey that feels like a dream. When I see the trailer, I'm like, what? Wow. We did, we did this. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and it has you know, to feel, you have to feel really good about it. I mean, you know, like you said, the people were telling you that you couldn't do it and all this this stuff and you know I mean that's that's a great film yeah I had my old agent tense old agent mm-hmm. telling me um, <laughs> you know she, she tried to sweet talk me Gary like, like I was a little kid Gary you know I love your passion you know I just you know you're an actor you know you don't need to be writing and doing I was just like look lady you know I'm, oh, wow. I'm a human being just trying to be creative I don't need to be you know she liked the story and this and that she just didn't want me to she was like, it's so hard to make a movie. She was like, my fiance, because I, I did this movie, Mad World, and she was engaged to this guy. And she was like, it's really difficult. So I was like, man, you're talking about two different breeds of people. I was like, you know, don't compare me to this dude or this <laughs> producer. And I was like, um, now, you know, I'll buy her to the premiere. And, um, and that would be a good, a fun invitation to send because she was telling me it was almost impossible. She was like, it's just impossible to make. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's almost done. Where do you envision showing it yeah. first? Um, I don't know. We'll probably have a little screening in L.A. Uh, maybe in possibly in Virginia, uh, Virginia Beach area because my uh, the director, Scott Hansen, his studio is based out there. So he might have a screening there as well. Um, but definitely probably somewhere in L.A. where everyone else, me and Luke are. I mean, he was in Hollywood. I live in Orange County. But, I mean, I just was in L.A. today. So probably some little art house theater or something and just invite some people. Nice. Yeah. And shoot and share, you know, your labor of love with you, with the rest of uh, the world. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I want to try to do it. Well, we just rent a theater and it's free. We, I just want people to, you know, to certain people to come. It'll be like kind of an invite only bring a guest. They can bring type of thing. Um, but I'm not going to, Try to unless distributors want to do something else with it, but I think the first the first screening they might try to do something where you just run a theater and go from there. Now, have you thought about a follow up to it? What's that? Have you thought about a follow up to it? Uh, not for Monumental. Um, I think. I mean, yeah, you could go where you know, but the story. The interest in the story is, is, I think, is done. I've written other scripts that I want to get done, and I have stuff I'm developing with other directors I've worked with and I've met. That's kind of what I'm keying up on now is just the people I know in developing. I mean, if someone, if I audition, I go and do something, you know, another good TV show or something, then cool. But my main focus is developing through people I know now, um, you know, TV or and or features. So it's been fun to be able to get to know these people where I'm the guy they want to hire. You know, I'm the guy that they're building these, their story around. Um, so the next the next year or so will be really fun creating these and putting them out there. Um, some cool stories. 
now you you know you've been acting for quite a long time and you've been uh having your successes but how do you stay on top of your game you know you you know if you're an athlete you know uh, if you're a basketball player you practice shooting jump shots and defensive drills and you know football players do their stuff how do how do you stay you know keep your your gift uh you know uh sharpen your knife sharpen I wish I had this interview yesterday because I smacked myself with my audition today. Um, <laughs> not a good audition. Um, so it's, uh, but no, it's, I mean, it's really blocking out your personal life and just really studying. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a lot of scripts and I'll, especially if I know that I'm working on it, I will read the script over and over again. And I, I read one somewhere that Anthony Hopkins just read the script over 200 times. And I'm thinking, well, he's pretty damn good. Let me come to that. <laughs> Yeah. And I've, I've been doing that. Like I did when I did Malignant, I read, I read that script easily over a hundred times, one time, seven straight times without stopping. And then I finally fell asleep. So I was just like, Oh my God, just from top in. But you, each time you read it, you discover something new about your character and the scene and the story. And it just, it literally just manifests in you. And, um, you hopefully to show up on set, you never have to really look at the scripts. I mean, you, there's times that you will, but, with Malignant, I don't think I had to look at it once because I had like a month of prep and I knew what needed to be done, where, how. I was just, it was embedded. Um, and that's how I try to approach every role now is just being completely focused and, you know, I mean, you're on, people are paying you. They invest, they're investing in you. So I right. take it as a serious, not just for my own want to keep growing and getting more deeper. And it better is a wrong word, but it's a fitting word. But I guess you just keep honing your crap, like you're saying. Like, you know, Kobe's out there shooting probably, you know, what they say, three hours before each game. And mm-hmm. people think, why? But you have to. Jordan, all these great athletes do that. Um, and just like an actor, we I watch film. I study. Like, you're talking about Nightcrawler. That's the number one of my cue to watch because That's I keep hearing about Keelan Hall and I, he's great. I'm going to go there and watch it and, and let that manifest into me and, and get inspired to keep studying. And mm-hmm. all these actors that watch and talk about they inspire me i just like i get i get super amped like when i watched uh what's it wolf of wall street i was like okay oh yeah (laughs) you know i mean i just get inspired that's it's my life a storytelling and um i mean you have to just keep reading scripts watching you have to know what's going on in the industry i know a lot of actors that i know that are like friends of mine i'll name some actors i'm like oh you watch the movie like what who I'm like, how do you not know who this guy is? I'm like, you know the industry. I'm like, what makes LeBron James? Is he not only works on his game, but he studies the history of the game. He right. studies, you know, everything around him, and that's what the great players do. Is you have to know. I think your your industry, your market, your craft, all that. I think it really helps you just grow tremendously. It's it's a lifestyle. It's not a hobby. Is what I always tell everyone. You know, being an actor is not glamorous by any stretch, by any means. You might have get a red carpet and smiling for some cameras, and that's about the only glitch. And to me, that's almost torture at times. I'm like, oh no! But it's it's a it's a job like any other. I mean, we go and you know perform, and we get up early, four in the morning calls, and we're freezing cold, and we have to act warm, you know. Um, <laughs> but beats a lot of other things but nonetheless it's a a serious job at least I take it very seriously and I only want to really work with people that feel the same way no more no more amateur hours I've been there done that and and even on myself I've done that and I'm like no more I'm uh you know you're only as good as you work with nowadays so um Mm -hmm. I'm pickier tell us a little bit about Circus Dread Circus Dread well it's it's uh it's Mark Savage. Um it's a really dark, twisted uh story. Uh I think we're supposed to put that in production next year at some point. Not much I really say. I mean I wanna get into some of the story, but it's really it Mark Savage is an awesome writer and director. Um and he holds he doesn't hold back. So and neither will Bill Obers Junior who's going to be one of the main guys in the movie and um, I'm not sure who else I mean there's so many people that they have to cast but um, it's going to be like a genre flick that doesn't hold back it's going to be something you watch and you you will remember just because of 
Mark Savage. He just did one twenty over eighty, um, which is going to be an awesome movie. Um, so I only want to work with people that like directors that are awesome like that. So that's you'll see. You'll, that, I'm excited to do that one. I just can't really say much because we haven't really shot it. Uh-huh. It's um, in pre-production. So <clears throat> I'm excited about it though. And, and and at this point, that that's what's so cool, right, about your career is that at this point, because you meet a lot of actors who they, they may have a lot of jobs, but they seem to be just kind of like, well, you know, I'm doing this next thing. But I can hear it in your voice that, you you know, you're really excited about your next project that you mm-hmm. you look oh, yeah. At, yeah, you haven't got uh, to that point where you're, you know, oh, well, you know, it's just another. You know, you know, I'm just getting started, my friend. I'm just, that's, I just, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tadpole in this pond, and one day I'll be a big frog. But um, I'm enjoying swimming around and learning, watching. I'm a fan of everyone I work with. I enjoy going to every set that I'm invited to, um, and you know, and I hate to say it's I'm blessed because to me everyone's blessed is what you do with your blessings. That's what counts. Right. Um, and. And that's just how I feel. And I'm just, if you really focus and you follow what you love and you, and you keep growing at it, you're going to find those people. It's just like, you, you, if you, whatever you want to do, in whatever field, I don't care if it's from a doctor to an actor to, I don't know, whatever it is you want to do, a lawyer, you, you, put your, you put in the work, you'll find the people that help you grow and, and you also help them grow. And that's what's happened with the film industry is, you know, with my buddy Chad Laws, we, you know, he wrote Daylight's In and, um, you know, Will Kaufman directed it. And, like, how they met is because Chad was a fan of what this guy did and then they were watching what Chad did and now we all have collaborated. And it's just, it's just a growing, it's kind of like a mini empire just growing. And it's just, um, but that's what it is. You put it out there. It's almost like Field of Dreams. You build it, they will come. Um, it's truly, it's really, truly that easy. You just got to be able to endure all the, the, uh, heartache and hardships in between. Um, cause it's not an easy ride, but you got to keep your head up and I mean, just keep on keeping on. And that's what I keep doing is, um, I'm just getting started though. So. Great. Um, yeah. um what's your, well, who's your favorite actor or director, someone that you really look up to in the industry or Maybe not in the industry, but someone someone that you, you know, look up to. Uh, so many people I look up to, um, but I've been asked a, a question where it's like, in, what was the first actor that popped in my head? And sometimes it used to be Heath Ledger. Obviously, that can't happen anymore, unfortunately. Um, but Ben Foster is an actor that I see his roles, and I've like, could I've played him? Sure, um, but he's a guy that I'm just I'm intrigued by his roles. And he's just so intense um so if i were to pick think of one actor i guess i'd have to say ben foster and i, I want to throw one out to michael Eklund because most people don't mm-hmm. i hate to, i hate to even admit but most people don't know who this guy is and this guy's tremendous because mm-hmm. you know you know DiCaprio and all these big names sure they're rightfully should be known but like ben foster and, and michael Eklund. Uh, michael Eklund was in the movie called the, the divide but has michael bean in it and uh milo Ventimiglia. i'm not sure how to say his last name both i mean amazing actor but i saw the divide and was just like who is this guy this, i mean from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie the transformation and physicality and just character development even with milo for that matter but michael Eklund just was flat out i kept looking him up like who is this guy so when an actor does that to me I'm like, wow. And I, you know, I follow him on Twitter and we've exchanged a few words. And, um, but I'm like, this guy's just phenomenal. So mm-hmm. look up Michael Eklund and watch this guy. He's the bad guy in the collar with Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys mm-hmm. might have seen that because it's more commercial. Yeah. Watch yeah. Um, but if you watch The watch Divide well. or um, I think uh, Human Air or something, I forgot what the name of the movie is, but this guy is just, I mean, this guy's an actor with all capital letters. I mean, there's no, I mean, He's a modern-day Brando, Gene. I mean, this guy's awesome. So him and Ben Foster, I'd say, are my cool. two big inspirations right now. Great. All right, yeah. You can't go wrong with, with those uh, actors, yeah. Um, now, we're at the part of the show that we affectionately like to call Rapid Fire. And the way that Rapid Fire works is that me, Terrellyn, and Miosha, we will pepper you with questions. Uh, <laughs> at a, a little faster rate, it's always a lot of fun. All right, so 
Uh, the first okay. question uh, is what we always start off with, and I'm, I'm probably going to retire this question uh, uh, at the end of 2014. So uh, you're one of the few people that will get it again. Um, a couple of years ago at Coachella, they had a uh, hologram concert of the, for the rapper Tupac. So what dead artist or band would you like to see a, a um, hologram concert of? Oh, well, that would have been awesome to have been there. I love Tupac. Um, I'd have to say Nirvana because, I mean, I name, I mean, it's my favorite band overall of all time. Um, so there's two guys alive, Dave Grohl and Chris Novosek, um, but to have Kurt Cobain hologrammed out singing, that, that would be epic. Um, hence, I named my son Kurt after Kurt Cobain, so I'm, uh, I'm, uh, that'd be awesome to see a hologram of him. <laughs> like it. Um, favorite horror movie, like the old-fashioned horror movies. I just, I with this, just because of the soundtrack, it pops in my head. It has to be Halloween. It's, it's just classically made. It's simple. It's eerie. Um, get the job done, and it still holds clout today. Um, you watch it, and the eeriness um, doesn't have the technology that these other movies have. But I'd say the original Halloween and and possibly even The Shining. It just gives me the, ugh, I don't know. I don't, I, I wouldn't have to cover my eyes. I, you know, as a grown man, it's, it's um, <laughs> quite embarrassing. You know, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, the movie Halloween, when it first, when they first showed it to the backers or the, the money people, uh, the execs, uh, no one liked it. And it didn't have a soundtrack to it. So John Carpenter, the wow. uh, the director and you know and creator of the Halloween uh, franchise, uh, did the soundtrack and then added it, and they were like, "Oh shoot!" <laughs> you know, like they was like, "Oh man, this is scary." So, makes a difference. And he did yeah, it himself. Yeah, no, sound makes all the difference in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. He did it himself. So yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's a little nugget. So if you ever that's cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah, if you're ever on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, who knows? That might be the million-dollar question. <laughs> Dang, you just made me a million dollars. <laughs> hey, remember Dang, your I'll, friends, I'll, I'll, right? I'll split it with you. If, that, if that's a million-dollar question, I'm going to be like, yo, I owe someone half right here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'll hilarious. say. <laughs> What's your favorite word? Oh, gosh. Um, that's tricky. Um <laughs> Honestly, it might sound funny, but I always say the word, word. I'm not joking. <laughs> word. Uh, it might be word. word. I literally text it. People ask me a question, I was like, yeah, word. Like, I'm not even joking. It's, it, it's, that would probably be my, the word I use the most is word. I like the word. <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, what's your favorite guilty pleasure junk food? Oh man, um, I I have to say it's the um, chocolate. Uh, well, I like the heat a little, like a chocolate chip cookie, like a Miss Fields chocolate chip cookie, or with um, ice cream on it with some syrup. You just eat the cookie with. It could be vanilla ice cream, it could be chocolate ice. It doesn't matter. Just with that hot cookie with mm. the cold ice cream, man. Mm. Yeah, mm, like it's that, really like good. BJ's. I got that bazooki or something. It's it's gone, man. It's, it's <laughs> over. It's yeah, so that would be it right there. <laughs> What's Made your my favorite? mouth water thinking about it. I know, mine too. I kind of want it now. Yeah. What's your um, favorite thing to do, father-son, father-daughter thing to do? Uh, anything with my son is uh, fun, but I, I've been really enjoying... I, I enjoy to do what he enjoys to do. Like, he... He's enjoying a lot. Like, he loves to, he's like, Dad, play Minecraft. And I, I'm not a fan of Minecraft, but it's growing on me because he enjoys it so much. So I've been doing that with him. And then basketball, I'm playing catch. He's been like, Dad, play catch before it gets too dark. Or let's go shoot some hoops. I'm like, all right, let's go. Um, so, I mean, that's what we, that's, I mean, we, we do a lot of the movies, but I think those things, watching him shoot and watching him grow, like, just his game, He's dribbling and it's it's um and he's trying to go through his legs. It's, uh, I just smile because like <laughs> I don't know. I just it's just good. It's like all right, you'll get the legs. Just worry about shooting and dribbling first. You know, um, that, that's probably just my overall favorite stuff because I always I always catch myself smiling and um, not worrying about anything else in the world when 
we're just you know shooting hoops or playing catch. So. <laughs> nice. Um, if you were a Star Trek character or a Star Wars character, which one would you be? Uh, Star Trek, I wouldn't even know. Um, Star Wars, I I would love to say that I'd be like a Yoda, you know, <laughs> yeah. to be wise, you know, but I'd probably end up being like, uh, I don't know, I mean, maybe even Luke Skywalker because he's real, he's, um, he's vulnerable, he's, he's human and he's got flaws and he's got these emotions. So I'd still say ultimately probably Luke Skywalker. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I would hope to be Yoda, but that may not be it. And they probably get knocked in the sense by Yoda. You know? See, th- I have a, a, a theory about Yoda. You know how Jedis, um, they can't date. They have to have a vow of celibacy. I just think it's so Yoda can have yeah. all the women to himself. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's, he's got his own mansion in the back going. <laughs> he said, "That's for y'all." Right? That rule ain't for me. That's for y'all. Take over the Star Wars franchise and, and do that twist. I think that's. Uh, I'd watch it. I, I, I might have to do Yoda that. Actually, down. <laughs> shoot, that's what he's using the force for. All right, so um, you're located in uh, Los Angeles right now. Um, I'm in Orange County. Okay, yeah. Orange County. You're okay. near, near LA. All right. So for the final question, we we always close on this. Um, okay, you got to help a brother out. A young man is going out on a date, a hot date, in Orange County, and he's coming to you for advice. You got to give him the best uh, date, and we'll say it's a night date um that will impress his you know impress the young lady he's taken out in orange county so you got to tell him everything he uh he should do on this date take this young lady well i can just say what's worked with me um <laughs> it's a night date mm-hmm. so well girls like to eat so i think you gotta take them to eat you know and i i go to this place near me it's called harbor house cafe it's right off of pch it's i think it's border between long beach and huntington i think Either way, and it's got a really good vibe, selection of food everywhere, um, any any type of food you want, 24 hours a day. And it's got this whole Hollywood-like feel, the pictures and stuff. Um, you eat there, and you can actually walk, like take like maybe 50 yards, and you can walk on the beach. And if it's a nice, calm night, it's really nice, like the scenery. So that's where I would say to go eat. Um, and depending on how that all goes or whatever, I mean, you can take it wherever he wants, but... Um, I think you should go there. And I, I hate to say movies for a first date because you don't really get to interact. I think it's all about vibing and talking. And um, But I, I would say go go to Harbor House, eat, and then, you know, go walk the beach. It's right there. It's really nice. It's big space there. And then if you guys feel like doing something else, everything's close by. Or take her to the Huntington Pier, which is about seven miles down the road, and do that. So I've noticed that that's for me, my experience has been, um, it's nice, it's romantic, but yet it's still, it's not, um, trying to overdo it either. on like a first date. Um, you, know, you can do, you can always do a million things, but I think that's a simple, a simple date where you guys can get to know each other. Harbor house beach and maybe the Huntington pier. Okay. It's, nice. Uh, nice. So ladies, are you, and do we give it a thumbs up? Thumbs up. Thumbs Sounds up. romantic. Beach and stars can't. Be here. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm taking every time I ask that question, I'm taking notes. So, if I, you know, I, I'm in LA, so uh, Orange County ain't far. So, uh, you know, I, I can definitely use that. So, we, I'm collecting data from all around the world. So, <laughs> so definitely, always be prepared. <laughs> there we go. So I, so I got my uh, my Gary uh, Karen's uh, uh, date plan all ready to go. So. And, uh, you know, let's just say yeah, if, if you forget uh-huh. in my area, area, hit me up and I'll refresh your memory and uh, <laughs> I might have more ideas by then. Who knows? <laughs> cool. Thank you so much, man. And <laughs> and um, if anybody w- wants to find out about what you're working on and whatnot, how can they get you social media or if you have a website or something like that? Um, you guys, I mean, uh, always IMDB. And then there's Twitter, there's, uh, Gary Karen's and Roman numeral two. Um, and then the Facebook page is the same thing. Um, I, 
post. I'm starting to post more because I've had people tell me I don't post enough. So I'm like, okay, the last couple months <laughs> I've been getting more back on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's weird. It's hard to always self-promote yourself, but it's kind of kind of a necessary evil nowadays. So, um, you know, I, those are the places to find me. I, I try to respond to people as much as possible. Um, like these people in Argentina who've been awesome. Um, say hello to them if they're listening. Oh, they um, are. They're in the chat Hey, Argentina. Hello, Argentina. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah, there's a few. There's two sisters. There's um, Adriana, um, who has interviewed me before, who's really awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's good good people all over. So, Adriana and uh, yeah. Ivana, they're both uh, in our chat room. Chopping yeah, in. Ivana. And there's more, too. I don't know if they're listening on there right now. Maybe they'll catch the series afterwards. Um, but they told me they had internet problems or something. One of them did, so. Um, I saw a message pop up, and it was funny how this thing, social media is amazing. I mean, I see a bunch of, I, there's so many messages, I can't even really look through them all, like they're <laughs> alerts or something, but. Yeah, um, Ivana I says, uh, we love your posts, Gary. <laughs> What's so, that? Uh, Ivana says, we love your posts, Gary. Uh, <laughs> well, tell her I love her support and everything. I mean, she's, I mean, she's like, I'll tweet something, doesn't matter the end, time of day, and she'll be she'll just favor it or retweet it. And, you know, I just, it, it's always cool to see someone that supports you. So thank yeah. you, Ivana, for, I mean, she, I noticed that she's been, she's been on it on Facebook and Twitter. I mean, she's on it. So I'm like, keeps me going. So thank you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, um, so, and, uh, Miosha, how can people get you on uh, social media? Um, well, I am Miosha Bean on Twitter and, um, Instagram, Miyoshabeen1, just with the number one on the end of that. And uh, Facebook, same thing, Miyoshabeen. That's M-E-O-S-H-A-B-E-A-N. And that's me. <laughs> All right. And what about you, Tara Lynn? I am Tara Lynn Grovoy on Twitter and Facebook. All right. And, you know, you guys can uh, definitely go to our, our Facebook page and like us. Uh, it is, you know, facebook.com forward slash the Spotlight Hollywood Edition, all written out. And, of course, you can follow us at the Spotlight H-E. That's how you can follow us on Twitter or, it's, you know, at the Spotlight H-E. And, uh, of course, you want to follow me at Kente F. That's K-I-N-T-E-F. And uh, we may, I, I, I can't announce it yet, but we may have a guest on Wednesday, which will be a different date for us. Uh, as soon as I can announce that, I will. But we definitely will have an, a, a new episode uh, next Friday. Uh, it'll be uh, actress Michelle Tomlinson. And uh, so we're l- looking forward to uh, chopping it up with her. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> Hell on Wheels comes back uh, for the final three episodes of this season. And so we'll have a new episode of our Talking Hell on Wheels show at 8 p.m. Pacific, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, we'll be back for our Talking About Walkers, uh, Walking Dead show. And on Monday, we have yet again another um, uh, Mars Venus episode, uh, Moral Dilemmas 3. So you guys have a wonderful (laughs) weekend. And, uh, you know, stay out of trouble. (laughs) And uh, so uh, I'm Kente. I'm Carolyn. I'm Yosha. And we'll catch you next time.